Hey, 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 everyone. We are back and still rocking and rolling through Revelation. We are here in the Greed Room at Vintage Grace Church. You are listening to the Text Lab Podcast. And today we have a very special guest with me. My name is Will Watson, and I'm here with a longtime listener, first time podcaster, Heather Hodson. Heather, how are you doing? You want to give a little info? On the family, a little update, go for it. Sure. Um, thanks for having me. Um, I love the text lab. I've always listened to it. Um, I am one of the newest members of the VG crew here. Um, I'm a mama and a life group leader and do all the things. Yeah. All the things actually scares me a little bit. Like Heather <laughs> is my arch nemesis in the office now because she's a certified CrossFit trainer and a beast, which <laughs> that just terrifies me. So it's yeah. really fun torturing all of our staffers in the gym. <laughs> exactly. And lest you think that this is a fitness podcast, <laughs> this is the text lab for Dang our listeners it. who do not know where every single week we do a deep dive into the text to help you prepare for life group this week. Our goal is simple to help you be a disciple who makes disciples. So whether you are leading a life group or just trying to do some deep dive on your own, we hope the text lab helps you have meaningful study, reflection, and conversations about what God has said in his word. And Heather is going to read from us Revelation 3, 7 through 13. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, the words of the Holy One, the true one, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you. Because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which comes down from my God out of heaven and my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Man, that's so good. There's so much going on there. So Heather, can you just give us a big, broad flyover with the text here? Yeah, so John is addressing the smallest city and church in the group of the seven um, and encourage them to hold fast to the mission of spreading the gospel. Uh, while they were small, they were strategically located, and they are one of the only two churches amongst the seven to get commended only with no warning. So they're doing a good job. Um, John encourages them to stay faithful in the face of persecution from the local Jewish community and emphasizes Jesus's reign over the earthly kingdom of mankind. 
Man, that's so good. And, uh, and so we have this little city, right, called Philadelphia, which – so I, real quick question. Were the Eagles located there <laughs> or no? What are we thinking, Heather? Give us a little update on um, Philadelphia. I don't know sports. So, yeah, I'm going to say, sure, the Eagles. <laughs> Probably <laughs> not. Kidding. Probably not. No, not that Philadelphia that we think of today, oh, right? So, oh, yeah, there you, there you go. There you go. Okay, so the actual Philadelphia that they're talking about – um, was a city along the Royal Road trade route um, near Sardis. So it was the ancient capital of the Persian Empire. But interestingly, um, Philadelphia is the only city of John 7 that wasn't a major city at the time. So actually, it was a small settlement set in a highly strategic location. I thought this was interesting because all of these cities are these major hubs, um, and this one gets tossed into the mix, reminding us that you don't have to be this big major player to be important in kingdom movement. Um, we're a little city here in EDH, you know, comparatively, um, but I believe that doesn't disqualify us from big kingdom movement. Um, it can also be noted um, that a small city located on a busy route provides an ideal place to spread the gospel um, because the large number of travelers that are coming in, passing through all the time um, gives a good opportunity. And this church was living on mission as sent ones in the location that God put them, just like we're trying to do every day here. Yeah, that's so good. And it, it reminds me so much of EDH in the sense of like, we have the 50, right? That just <laughs> runs from like, yeah, basically like you can go from San Francisco all the way up to Tahoe. And like, it's a, those are pretty like major areas, right? Like mm -hmm. you got San Francisco, people know San Francisco, California, like all the time, go Giants. And then you have <laughs> Tahoe, which is like one of the best vacation spots in the world. And, and then you just have little EDH like popped in the middle of it as like this hub in which people kind of come in and out and yeah. like by God's grace we're seeing kingdom movement and it's so cool because it's like yeah that's like what we get to experience now it's like yeah let's just stay faithful it's not about like how many people live in your city it's about what yeah. does faithfulness look like mm -hmm. and then we we see here the words of the holy one the true one right this introduction of the letter is unique and it, it, it's so unique because it's referring to chapter one and it's this description of Jesus this introduction appears to be more in line with the uh, situation in Philadelphia where Judea Judaism appears to be present and there are perhaps a lot of people questioning Jesus' legitimacy as Yahweh uh, and as Messiah, right? As, right? as the one who is going to be savior of the world. Like people were questioning this. There are a lot of new Christians in the area, a lot of different like religious background in the area. And so here John is just basically saying, hey, look, like Jesus is the one true God. He really is mm -hmm. Yahweh. Uh, and, and then he's also passively connecting. And it's really interesting too, right? Like we hear the word holy one and true one. And then we think about where we just came in the book of John and Jesus like very straight up, like plain says, uh, I am who I am, right? Mm -hmm. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I think like you start to have these connections. And then another yeah. connection we see is like who has the key of David, right? So who opens uh, that no one will shut and and who shuts no one will open. This is almost a word-for-word -word quotation of Isaiah 22, uh, 22. This is an important quotation 
And we ask, like, why? Because really it's saying, like, God's promise to judge the empire of Babylon for conquering Jerusalem and his promise to establish his ruler in Isaiah. Uh, And I think, like, fast forward that, right? John is using this as a reference, uh, and he's applying it to Jesus in the the context of New Babylon, Rome, Mm -hmm. um, who appears to have complete authority over the known world during this time in John. And historically, like, Babylon had long since been destroyed but in the jewish worldview again like this is who he's speaking to right Right. like he's speaking to this these people who like are questioning is jesus the messiah it like a lot of jewish worldview coming in here babylon is actually a symbol of the human kingdoms right it's It's that context exactly it's the context and it's the symbol that he's trying to draw out john is just trying to say like hey look like jesus still rules and reigns like even in the midst of your situation there Mm -hmm. uh we're going to see Jesus still reigns. And actually Jesus has the future kingdom in his hands. It's not about this. Like, yes, we're going to rule and reign here. And now from a physical political sense, he's actually saying like, you're ruling and reigning with me now in, in a whole different world that you can't even experience. That's preparing you for the future glory. Yeah. So he goes on to say, he references this open door. So he says, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. And it really solidifies this idea uh, that this group has been strategically placed, um, even though they're small, to make a big impact with this open door of people continually coming and going, coming and going. It's the ultimate open door policy with new people traveling through um, and therefore new people to hear and receive the gospel all the time. They're just placed in this super unique location. Um, He goes on to say, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jew and are not, but lie. So a good reminder here is um, that it's not this more modern vision um, that you may get about like the little red devil guy and um, that, but think more direct translation of accuser. We've talked about it the last few weeks. Um, uh, But the Jewish church was trying to flush out Christianity by turning them in and accusing them of teaching false teachings and refusing to worship Caesar so that they would get prosecuted. So the it's important to remember that these people are experiencing the same persecution similarly to the way that we've talked about the last six churches. Um, and this is just a reference to that. So this is kind of pointing back to that, that true struggle that they are in the midst of right now. That's so good. And, and then we see like this transfer, right? We see this movement towards, I will make them come and bow down before at your feet and they will learn that I have loved you. It's a, it's a clear like juxtaposition of the current situation in Philadelphia where Christians were being asked to bow at the feet of Rome or mm. face death, right? Like we talked about this persecution throughout the book of this, this tension that we experience, right? Living both in the king, in the empire, but being of the kingdom. Right. Right. That's right? ellipsis. Exactly. Yeah. That ellipsis. That's so good. Um, and, and here we see like, that's exactly what's happening. Like they're experiencing this persecution, but, but listen to these words here, because you have kept my word about patient endurance, like that patient endurance is such a good, refreshing yeah. word for our soul. It occurs in Revelation seven times, the first in one nine, and lastly in uh, Revelation 14, 12. And it, it's this idea um, that's really important to John, especially in the response of the church in the midst of persecution. Uh, 
where four to the seven times it occurs here in this seven letter section. So in the face of persecution, like how are we going to just be patiently enduring that we realize like our home is not here. We actually are, are working and living for a future glory that awaits. And we're, we're, we're about a kingdom in this thalipsis, right? Like God has, has saved us from our sin and sent us back into the world to love the world, right? To care for the world, not to um, hate the world, but also to not give in to the world. I think like that's yeah. the beauty of this thalipsis and so much so that, that this reminder for us is hold fast. This literal translation mm-hmm. is like, be mighty, be powerful. And the beautiful love thing that. about this is like, it's not about our power. Like that's the beauty of the gospel, right? Like holding fast is because Christ first holds fast of us. Then like, it's this idea of like, yes, you see this power. Remember who you have and remember the power that's working in you, right? Like Philadelphia, maybe this tiny church, uh, in this like location, but it had great power. Why? Because they were following the mission of God. Like Jesus had saved them to send them. Um, and ultimately like, that's what real power is like that's what, um, right. that's what like they could never understand in, in Rome. Like the rest of the Romans could never understand. It's like, why are you dying? Like if, if this is supposed to be the, uh, w- like why, if this is supposed to be how we are to fight off Christianity is by killing all these Christians and making you bow to the empire. Like, why are you not afraid to die? Like, why are you not afraid to yeah. s- hold fast? And so much of it is like, oh no, like dying as Paul says is gain. Like there's a beauty for us of being like, no, actual power isn't found in political power, isn't mm-hmm. found in societal power. It isn't found in any sort of that power. It's actually found in the freedom that we have in the spirit. So yeah. yes, like that's, that's so good. So Heather, like when you think about this text, like what are some things like that really stick out to you from an application standpoint? Yeah. So I, I just love the, you don't have to be the mighty big player, um, to be super impactful and used well, um, by God. I just love that. It's encouraging. You can be the underdog. Um, he doesn't need us. So he's already won. He's already done it all. Um, but we can be used well, um, by him, regardless of how big or small we are. Um, and then I just love that. I love the, the direct translation of that. Hold fast, be mighty, be powerful. Um, mainly because my first instinct when I hear that is like, yeah, be tough, be strong. And like as an athlete and as a, you know, just who I am, that is super appealing. And so when you kind of peel that back a little bit, it's actually like, okay, but because God is powerful and because he is in me. And so it's just a cool kind of um, layering there that if you let yourself kind of ruminate on that, um, it's neat. And it it takes a little bit of that pressure off too, where like, yeah, I'm going to be a player for God. I'm going to be available. I'm going to ask, what are you inviting me into? And I'm going to listen and obey. Um, But then beyond that, it's just, just listen and obey, you know? That's so good. And like, and so much of that too is like, oh, my listening and obey is actually like a fruit of the spirit. 
Like it's, yeah. it's God working it's in you. He's in there. And it's because yeah. he's in there and he's working. And like, it drives us to this desire to follow. And it's yeah. like, oh, I actually, the, the best thing about like this text is really saying like, oh, this is a deepening of the affections. It's a exactly. deepening of yep. my love for what God is inviting me into day after day after day. And actually understanding like the affections show the power of God more than anything else. Yep. Like it shows that, yeah, more than the things that I loved in this world at one time time. I love mm-hmm. God more and what he has for me. That's so good. Um, for me, I'm kind of with you. I love the idea of just like, man, be pow- be strong, be powerful, but not because you are. Right? <laughs> like exactly. so often yeah. the text has like, I, I think of first Corinthians where you see this, um, like, God is using the weak to humble the proud, right? And you have mm-hmm. this like scene of like, oh, actually, it's not because you're awesome. In fact, your weakness is going to show the power of God more than in your strength. And I yeah. think like that's such a good reminder for me. And then also just like totally. the man, I think about Drew and Jen and just the core team of planting vintage. Um, and I think about just the process I'm involved with a lot of like church plants and friends of mine. And like the process is like, Hey, get into an area that's like a cultural area. You can have some movement, like it's powerful, it's big, it's whatnot. And like, there's nothing against that. Like there's some great books written on some of the backstory of that, but it's like, Oh no, like more than that, we just want to be faithful. And it, it was yeah. so cool to be like, Oh, we're going to plant an EDH. And just hearing Jen and Drew's story about like, we're going to plant an EDH. Oh, we have a school building that's like not near the freeway. It's like, it's yeah. completely tucked in like behind True. EDH, but like faithfulness of just trusting the work of God is actually power. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, and it's a prime example of like Philadelphia of being like, Oh yeah. Like we're not the biggest city. But mm-hmm. we're gonna be we're gonna stay faithful to what God has for us. Man, that's so good. So I just want to give a quick shout out to uh Ryan Hauk, who created the text guides for us. He does an incredible job. And Zach is the man behind the mic. He's the one who gets us set up every single week. So thank you for that. And a big shout out to Heather hopping on. Uh, like I said, <laughs> longtime listener, first time podcaster. So thank you, Heather, for being here. Um absolutely. Yeah, it was a lot of fun today. So I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, Whether you were working out at the gym or cleaning the house or mowing the lawn, driving in your car or whatever you like to do while listening to podcasts, we hope that you feel equipped, encouraged and ready to walk through the text with your group this week. As always, do your own prep. Let the spirit lead you and know that you are the one who is sent by God this week to your family, to your school, to your work, to your coffee shop, to your CrossFit. (laughs) That was hard for me to say. Um, To soccer practice, wherever your Pray Watch community might be and wherever God invites you to go to be the living proof of our loving God. We love you guys. And we'll catch you next time on The Text Live.